From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 130, and today I'm sitting down with filmmaker Jordi Saba. I think I said his last name properly. You might know him as the director of a film called A Sunday Kind of Love, which you can check out on streaming services, including iTunes and whatnot. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. Alright, so we're sitting down to watch Old Boy. I'm Jeremy. I have seen this film, uh, not for a long time, but I have seen it. And this is... I'm Jordi. I have not seen this film. But yet you owned it. But yet I own it. Yeah, you know, that's like me. I have I have many, many movies I have bought and haven't gotten around to watching yet. Well, I have a bookcase full because this falls into the... the my black hole films are films that I, my wife won't watch with me. Yeah. And I can't show or watch with my son. That's fair. How old's your son? He's five. Yeah. You can't watch Old Boy so this, with him. I cannot watch. He can barely make it. He doesn't make it through Lion King or like Finding Nemo for good reasons. Oh, so. yeah. Then Old Boy for sure will not be. <laughs> will not be on his top ten list by any means. And I almost got it to my wife to watch it. But then, you know, I went away for like five seconds and she read the cover and it's like, no, I'm not, no, not going to watch that. It sounds very similar to my relation, my viewing relationship with my wife. Yeah. What kind of stuff does your wife like? Uh, she'll, I mean, favorites are like. You know, romantic comedies, comedies in general, yep. um, you know, French comedies, Russian comedies, like feel good in, in movies, feel good movies. Um, old like black and white movies are, yep. are cool. Uh, Our wives would get along very well. Very well. Right. But not yeah. too many old, black, <laughs> you know, it depends on them. Uh, so, yeah, there. So I kind of get her to watch a lot of our okay. of, the, of the films that, you know, we want to watch. But, uh, yeah, I lost out on this one. So, yeah, it's, mine's the same. I, I created relegated. a whole podcast around movies that my wife doesn't want to watch. <laughs> you got smart. <laughs> so that's uh, so that's we're very, very similar yeah. in the same boat. Um, but I have seen this and I've seen the uh, the Spike Lee remake as well. Oh, OK. So, yeah, Nothing. you redid it. So I have not seen this one and I have not watched sort of the trilogy, the Vengeance trilogy, right? Specifically because I haven't seen this yeah. one. This is the middle film, I think. He's had three, right? I don't... What are the other ones? Uh, Lady Vengeance, I think, is the third yep. one. Old Boy is the middle one. And there's a, there's a number I one. It. I can't remember. I don't think I've first. seen the other two then either. Oh, okay. I, I knew it was part of like... But it's not an official trilogy, right? It's more like a thematic trilogy? Yeah, correct. Because yeah. this is like on a manga comic, right? Like this is based on a... On a but I know he's changed the ending and, and I think it's gotten... More graphic in the yeah. movie than it has. Do you know been. anything? Do you know the ending? Have you avoided? No. Oh, I've right. avoided everything. You've avoid- oh, so, thank goodness. So okay, I've like, I know of the film. I know of the filmmaker, but I've really literally avoided everything purposely because now you said I could watch it, right? So yeah, that's I've, good. I've, I've not, I've shut it down. It's great because I got lucky too. I, did, I avoided uh, knowing too much about it as well. 
because it's it's and that's tough to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know. Like, I knew of it. Obviously, like a lot of people, because it, it did well in con. It, yeah, you know. Got so, the how long has this been sitting on your shelf? Oh, jeez, for a while. I've known about it for a while, and I randomly, you know, you pick up these movies. You have a list of movies, and when you see it, you just kind of grab it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been sitting on my shelf for a while. You know, I heard through it through, like, I love martial arts films, and then obviously with the Quentin Tarantino aspect to it, that came to, to pass. But it didn't win. It got second place. Yeah. At cons. But it, it, it won it, the Grand Prix, which is, like, the best title for second place ever. That's just it. Right? Really. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does sound like you win it, won it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then you find out, I think Michael Moore won it that year. Tarantino was pretty mad about that, I believe. And then again, I heard there was a fight over it, I believe. There was, right? He wanted this to win, and then Michael Moore's 9-11 won. Yeah. And both are, I think, this probably, I mean, I think people rewatch Old Boy more than they do 9-11. Yes, yeah, so 9-11 was great. It was a good movie, like great movie. I watched it. I really enjoyed it. So I haven't seen it, so I'll, I'll be able to kind of speak to that afterwards. Yeah. Okay, fun. Well, I don't want I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, don't think, spoil anything. I think you know just about as much as you can know going into it. Yeah, I know of the actor, I know of the director. Of the actor I love, I've seen him in a bunch of films, including I think what's the English one? He did Lucy. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's a, an amazing actor. And uh yeah, so all right, well then let's let's just dive in. Okay, let's do it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we just finished. We did. And I think next week you and I are coming back for another podcast on something like The Sound of Music or When Harry Met Sally just to reconfirm my faith in humanity. Haven't done either of those. <laughs> exactly. This Fine, a, I'll come back for those. This will just turn into a double bill. We're gonna watch something. Re- <laughs> we're gonna watch something about rainbows and kittens right That's away. That's right. Anything animated. Yeah, the wives can join in. That's right. Now I see why she doesn't want to watch this movie. Yeah, my this would my, the ending of this movie would make my wife very upset for for a long time. Agreed. Especially if she knew that I knew the ending and and let her watch it anyway. Yeah, that'd be unforgivable if you knew what was coming and you didn't forewarn her. Yeah, that's game over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack. It's interesting. We were talking about that what's on the back of the, the, the DVD cover. Because the challenge of this kind of movie is you got to sell it without selling, giving away the ending. Well, yeah. And, and I think what, you know, having not watched it and also not gone into the plot just to, for, the, for the podcast. We can get into the plot for the podcast. Spo- okay. So if you haven't seen Old Boy and you don't want the ending spoiled... Turn this off and watch it, or at least read a synopsis, because it's no whole bards. We can talk about the ending. Fair. Okay, so, yeah, what was interesting is coming into it, I think what you hear about is the violence more yeah. than the twist in terms of the incest. So you didn't know it as a, as a big twist movie? No. What I knew it as, and what it had, sort of, you have the Tarantino connection, which obviously gives you a certain set of imagery, like why would he love that movie so much? And you hear about the brutal violence, which actually is not the most brutal movie I've seen. Surprisingly, he he references it in the movie, right? It's your imagination that makes it worse than it really is. So a lot of it, he sort of pulls the camera away or pops up, but you, with the sound, you kind of... Yeah, but also this is like early 2000s, and so we've seen... Like this is kind of... This is one of those forefather movies that kind of spawned a bunch of imitators that have since gone gotten worse and harsher. 
And, True. you know, so it's like this, like that big giant hallway shot where he, you know, has that brutal, brutal fight with like a dozen guys or more. And they get yeah. stabbed in the back. And, and well, it's all continuous. That I had heard of, which yeah. is one of the things was exciting to see. But you're right, because if this movie was in, what year was this movie made? I think it's the early, early to mid 2000s. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. Should say right in the back. Yeah. But uh, but what I love about that shot and that scene is also that it's like he's not. He's getting winded. He's getting. He's He's not the most elegant fighter. It's all just brutal, and uh, and everyone's just stumbling around. It's not the most beautifully choreographed fight scene. You know, no, and that visceral style of action then leaks into the Bourne films, right? That that Paul Greengrass comes into that. That's just it. But Paul Greengrass is almost the exact opposite because yeah, it's two thousand three. It looks like Paul Greengrass uh, is more about the shaky cam, cutty, cutty, cutty. So it's like it's not real in this sense. Like the the amount of effort that goes into a scene like that to make that scene work and look real is amazing, right? Like the best. I can think of that's that's come out recently is there's that great fight scene in Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Where they've but and that and the most impressive part to me for that isn't so much about how long the shot goes on, but it's about the makeup job that gets done and how they hide those cuts. Because you're seeing her face get beat up and bloody as it goes along, and it's like clearly that's not really happening because she's not actually getting herself hurt. So it's right. like how are they accomplishing that? element of it is is the part that blew me away in, in that sequence in, in Atomic Blonde. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Greengrass, and the, what they picked up on, I think, is the visceral stuff, which you were referring to, like the feeling every punch. I mean, yeah, he does shaky cam and everything, but you hear the cracks, you hear the wearing down of each other as they, as they get brutal. And same with Atomic Blonde, right? And here, too, in Old Boy, you can see everyone just, the fight slowing down as they just get brutalize each other yeah because the other way to go is just that your your hero is just kind of like james bond and unstoppable and they don't they're just not human right they don't get tired they don't get worn out they don't start getting sloppy that being said he was like one guy against like 20 guys right like yeah on. there was a bit of the heightened reality on that one right? oh 100 percent right so yeah of course um you know but it was that I'd heard about. That had definitely come through in terms of the action and the brutality were kind of the two things that you really kind of heard about Old Boy. Yeah. They kind of, the incest, the mystery of it. So it didn't come through for me, for, from what I've heard. Oh, great. Then that's yeah. great. Because that's really the big thing you don't want spoiled. Is, uh, is the what, because I guess, you, so what did you think it was leading to? Did you have any, any ideas of what the mystery box was? Yeah. Um, it's kind of the edifice complex basically right like you could see it coming and once you hear the reveal and he goes for the tongue you're like okay instead of the eyes yeah he's cutting off his tongue right so it's kind of that was his sin he he, yeah yeah he talked right so so the world couldn't hear the story from his mouth i guess just like he couldn't see what the consequences of of his actions were so yeah i'm i had not you know without going into it that for me just had not come through in terms of when you ask people about old boy, surprisingly the brutality and the action comes through, but no one really talks about the whole mythology of the story. I think that's almost out of respect. If someone knows you haven't seen old boy, you don't want to ruin that ending. I don't know about that. Good point. I don't know if that's true because I think if you, people would be like, Oh, wait till you see the ending or 
the mystery part of it, right? It's like memento, right? Like it kind of, you kind of talk about it, but you don't talk about it, right? Or yeah. the crying game, right? Remember that? Where it's like, oh, there's something about the ending. So I don't know if that's 100% true. I, I wonder if, you know, that is kind of true or not. What is interesting, I think, now that I'm, when I was sort of researching the director, I think one of the, the articles noted the, the critique of the movie was different in English than it was in Korea. In terms of what? In terms of the mythology, now that I'm saying it out loud. Oh, okay. So it's interesting that Edifice story didn't come up in the critiques of this movie in English. Huh. Where it was much more prevalent in Korea, where it seemed like, you know, obviously they're brushed up on their mythology maybe more than we are. Whereas that idea that, that around that story came into much more into the critique of the movie than the than the English mm-hmm. side of it. So it's interesting. It's a yeah, it's a really interesting retelling of the story. And I don't know if gee, I wonder when you watched it for the first time, did yeah. you pick it up? Uh no, I think I think because what the movie does really, really well is, you know, in the opening scene when you're meeting the younger version of uh Desu, um He's, you know, drunk in a police station, belligerent. And the first, the only piece of information he tells us is, I have a daughter. Yeah. And so watching it this time, because this is only, only the second time I've seen it, actually, if you don't count the Spike Lee version, which you shouldn't. Uh, it's not great. Okay. I, well, I heard you, that, that the remake was. And if you've seen this version, then you've seen the Spike Lee version. Although it's a Spike Lee does more Spike lee stuff. Gotcha. Basically. Um, although Josh Brolin's great in it because he's Josh Brolin. Of course. Um, so watching it this time, I was like, oh, they do a really good job of just like dropping little breadcrumbs that you're a hundred percent going to just not think about once they passed. But it's just like the few pieces of information they give you are basically all you really need to unlock it. But if your brain's not there, or not even like considering it, it's just like it feels like miscellaneous exposition, oh. and it feels more like heartbreaking that he disappears on his daughter's birthday, or that he's a deadbeat low life because he's missing his daughter's birthday. Right. You know, they're not really setting you up to think that. And even when he first meets with uh, uh, Mido, uh, and and they they start looking for his daughter. They mentioned, oh, she's in this apartment building, and they start... But then that gets dropped. Like, he never starts looking... They never go down that path where it's like he's trying to reconnect with his daughter. I guess maybe it comes up, but he says he wants to kill this person first so that almost like he can have a, a cleansed palate or a cleansed slate and then move on with his yeah, life. Yeah, because she's in Switzerland, right? And then they never kind of yeah, they pursue just, that lead. But it's brilliant because the wife's dead. And he can't really tell the world that he's back because he's worried that... He'll get charged with her murder. Well, isn't it that... I think it's that the the case against him is being automatically dropped on July 5th. So everything... Yes, they had dropped that and You're right. It's like the statute of limitations or some, something. Or or the guy paid for it. One of the two, right? He yeah, so he, so he could technically be free of his crime on that date. Right. But that's also the date that... Um, I'm, I'm not going to say the, our villain's name because I I can't remember. I won't pronounce it right. I can't remember it. But it's also the date that guy has picked for everything else to coalesce. Right. You know? And I remember the first time I watched it, the, my favorite piece in that ending was, 
you're asking the wrong questions. It's not, why did I lock you up? It's, why did I release you? Yeah. And I'm like, that's a great. And the grain of sand. Yeah. Some great lines in that. And he obviously was given the chance to walk away a yeah. couple of times, right? And he didn't. Which is interesting. Which yeah. is kind of part of that. Well, even that moment when he he sets him up with the heart the heart the heart maker, the what is it? I'm saying it wrong. Pacemaker. The pacemaker, where he tells him that if you push this button it'll kill me basically. And just leaves it there for him to see if he'll do it. After, yeah. even after he's groveled, after he's cut his tongue, he shows that he's still a piece of shit who would kill him in a moment and of course that's the that's the final knife where it's like, no, now actually that's just gonna make you listen to you fucking your daughter. Yes. Right. That was the part that when I saw the first time I was like, oh, that's evil. That's the meanest thing you could have done. And then, of course, he kills himself, uh, having accomplished his lifelong goal of just amassing enough wealth to fuck with this guy. Yeah, it's funny that the, the bit of the trick of the movie is that you kind of your focus goes away from the logic, the antagonist of it all. Right. Like yeah. he's really, truly evil. He sleeps with his sister. At, they have a whole lot. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, which is funny, is you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that guy still wants to kill the guy. It's kind of funny that you were like, oh, my God, what a dick movie. He's still going to try to kill the guy. But then everyone, you kind of forget, like, the guy going into the elevator is ultimately the most evil guy possible. Yeah. <laughs> your sympathies lie with him for anything. is It's an interesting little trick of logic. Well, it was more that it was just, like, the idea that... Um, Desu still hasn't learned his lesson. No. Yeah. And it's funny. Like, yeah. Well, it's internal by that point, I imagine, right? Like, you're just hating yourself on every level. Yeah. And then the movie ends with him basically deciding that, I mean, he has, he won't kill himself. That his, his decision is to have himself hypnotized so that he can just continue on life with her. Because she doesn't know. Yeah, she doesn't know, so she's still in love with him. And so he decides to forget yeah that part I, I, it was a bit unclear to me i think that's what happens at the end, the end is he decides to forget and and that's the difference between him and the villain where the villain doesn't let it go can't let it go wants to remember the pain so that he can make daisu punished for it uh and then as soon as he everything's revealed he kills himself where Daisu is more like, no, I can't undo what I did, but also what I did. There was some beauty in what I had with her. I don't know. Because it ends with him deciding to stay with her in what we can only assume is not a fatherly way. Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. I read his face at the end that he didn't forget anything. That he put that clown face on, right? The same face as a hotel. The world laughs. Everyone laughs with you. So that he didn't forget anything but he's gonna pretend to forget because that's worse that she'll like yeah but i'm sure i didn't know if he would i think he would you know because she said look at you he's got all the gray hair and he's aged yeah so i'm assuming that he's the guy walking not the guy in the window and she had to track him down no he's the guy walking when they were hypnotized right i think i my theory was that that was him walking that he'll die at 70 Oh, right, 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 right. Right, so that he's aged horribly and that, you know, she loves him and is frustrated why he doesn't love her, but he keeps smiling so that she doesn't know. I didn't know. I, I, but I, I, the other thing I did read is that ending is like so. Ambiguous. Ambiguous that like, 
now I have to go, I'll go listen to like the director's commentary or like try to, it, I've, the other thing I did read was like the ending is completely ambiguous and they filmed it in New Zealand because they needed snow and like no one really kind of got the ending, but. No, well, it's also, and it, it does drag out. Like, it, it is, you know, the movie definitely has a pace to it. Yes. You know, it, uh, it, it you, I think you could go in and probably easily trim out about a good 20 minutes or so and not really lose a whole lot. Yeah, that's fair. Like, trying to get to. Did How did you find, in terms of, like, what you're watching, did you find that you were just, like, you were getting frustrated with it by it all, or were you just drawn right in? Well, no, and that's, to me, that's, from, that's an Asian-style cinema. Yeah. They tend to be. Not to group all Asian cinema, but from what I've seen, there's a definitely pace, a different pace yeah. than American or North American cinema, right? Where they tend to kind of linger where they want to linger. Yeah. Um, I think for sure the first time I watched this, I definitely didn't have any feeling of like, oh, move along, move along. But I think on a rewatch, when you know everything that's coming... It does make you feel like, oh, like, why? Are, what are we lingering in here for? Because it's so so much. I I just found I don't know about you, because there are so many, all those mystery elements. It kind of feels like, do you really need this piece of it? Do you really need that piece of it? But that's again, that's a critique on a rewatch where I feel like the first time around it works really really well. Yeah, the first time it didn't bug me. But again, like as I said, like to me, a lot of the Asian cinema I watch ha- has a bit of a slower pace. And part of me also wondered now that, you know, obviously towards the end, you're like, oh, this is the story of Edifice. Yeah. Edifice, right? Like now I'm like, okay, I wonder if I go back and check, brush up on my mythology, whether those... They dropped to the egg. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more. Like, it's almost like I now need to read that story to feel like if he, you know, like a Shakespearean story, like that he reinterpreted everything. So it's all there. Yeah. But if you don't know the story, like but iconography, the, right? We, I know the story because we studied that when I was like in grade 12 or 11. I read a paper on it, I'm sure. But the thing in that story is that he's told in advance that he'll murder his father and marry his mother. Mary's mother, like an oracle comes to them, right? Yeah, he's told He's that, adopted by his uh, the, uh, other parents, right? Oedipus me. Well, he, you know what? He's not told that. His, uh, his parents are told that. And then so the, that's why the king gets rid of him, banishes him. Well, he tries to kill him, right? And the Tr- servant lets him go. Yeah, and, and then or you the servant doesn't kill him, but bounds his feet or does something. That's what Oedipus means, right? Does something horrible. Yeah, so he doesn't know... Oedipus doesn't know that he is the king's son and that it's his mother. So when he does all those things, he's not aware that he's fulfilling this fate. Right. But in that storyline, Oedipus isn't the bad... Oedipus didn't do anything to deserve it. It's all punishment for the parents, for their mis- misdeeds. Interesting. Right, I'm pretty sure. I don't think he does anything to deserve it that I can remember. Well, there's three stories, right? It's like over... There's three chapters to that. Yeah. Well, the last one is like when he... Is, is the last one is when he's an older man and he's, uh, he's blinded himself and his daughter is taking care of him. His daughter, who is also his sister. Kind of like the end of this movie. Kind of like it. But they don't have a romantic relationship, I don't think. Because he right. treats her as his daughter. I can't remember. I have to go back and do it. But, uh, but it's interesting, this one. Because it is like both, both of them, in this movie, they're both villains, right? Yes. You know, he did create incest. Or, no, he did create. <laughs> he was the first. Well, 
the, the, the bad guy did have an incest relationship with his sister, so he wasn't lying when he told people about that. Now, you know, the question and the argument is more like, well, that is his, was it his business to tell anyone? But he didn't tell anyone that. He just told them that his the sister was having sex with someone. He didn't know the guy. Remember, he's like, who's that girl? He didn't know any of them. He just caught this couple having sex, right? And the guy's, he's in, he says to the best friend, he's in your, it's that girl in your class. And then he drops and goes to say, I'm going to, and then he names her. Yeah. So that all he did was start the rumor that she was sleeping with everyone, sleeping with everyone. Well, he didn't. He gave the grain of sand for the best friend to, to right. ramble. I don't think he knew who the guy was because he just, you, you know, the mirror catches him, but you don't really see the guy, right? He just catches this couple in an act. Right, right, That's right. That's to me the scarier version because it's just a simple minor rumor, which... Which is why any what, what, of us could have started in high school, right? Like, that's such a scary, and then it just goes into this massive. Right, which is why he says, you didn't forget, you just didn't remember because it yeah. wasn't important to you. It's not important to you. Because he didn't know it was the brother and sister. What he started was the fact that the sister was sexually... Right. Because you'd remember that. You'd remember yeah, if you outed right? a brother and a sister. Yeah, but he knew that. He had that minor conversation with a girl. She took off. He thought... You know, he, he would impress her further and then he accidentally catches her with her brother, but he doesn't know her name and then goes to the best friend before he leaves for Seoul and says, who's this girl? She's in your class. Yeah. I caught her. And that makes it even better because what's great about that then is that, you know, what he did is like, was it shitty? Was it wrong? Yeah. But it was also such a small thing that it's like, you look at it and it's like, did he deserve what he got out of it? But then you stand back and you go, well, let's also just ask a bigger question that it's like. No matter how big or small your deeds are, you have to consider the ripple effect and how much that those things could destroy another person's life, no matter how small they are to you. Yeah, that's the scary part. Yeah. That's the scary part, right? That you're, we could all be old boy. Terrifying. If you reflect on your life, like, you know, as he did, did a journal, right? So, you know, he probably did worse things. As you say, he's drunk on his daughter's birthday. I don't think he was a great guy to start with. No, he was a, well, even like he filled up how many journals. Yeah, with, it was a lot of journals. Yeah, he's a shitty person. <laughs> he's a shitty person. But the act that got him there was not the probably, shittiest and thing. And probably not even in his book. Probably not even in his book. That's the irony, right? That's the irony of it. And maybe the scary thing, maybe the moral of the whole story, I guess, right? Like, is the, th the worst thing you did is something you don't even remember. You don't even remember. This is like, it's funny that this movie never came up during like the, in the wake of like Me Too as like the ultimate. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it is such a great reflection of that, that concept where it's like all these things that people just did because they thought they were entitled and it was okay for them to just do it. Because there's no comeuppance yeah. for big I mean, deeds or small deeds. I think a lot of those people are well aware of what they were doing. Oh, no, 100%. It's yeah, not, I'm, but, not, I'm not trying to compare the two things. But just in terms of the idea that it's like... Uh, I mean, all that stuff is far worse, obviously. But, we, but what, what it did make me... I, I remember during that time when, when you know, Me Too started up, it made me second-guess every conversation I've ever had with someone else and going, did, did I do anything... That could be conceived as like a terrible thing that has destroyed someone else's life, and and it just it just really made you 
just like this is like he what he the act he does is so small and minor, but it it did make me really reflect on my own life and start going. I didn't start writing a journal or come up with a list, but it just made me go. Was there any way like I hugged someone the wrong way that and I shouldn't have hugged that person or I shouldn't have like anything that just made someone uncomfortable in a way that. I didn't really think about, and it just made me really, really, I don't know, and I'm sure that's a common thing for most people that have a conscience, and the people that didn't think about that stuff probably did far worse stuff than I did. Yeah, of course. (laughs) They wouldn't have a conscience about it, right? Kind of like this, the antagonist, right? Like, he kind of picked old boy for... Yeah, and the irony is, is that he, uh, what does he say at one point when he's in his love affair with uh, Midu, and he says... I kind of, I'm kind of glad I went through what I went through because she wouldn't love the old me. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, she would. Of course. I mean, you reflect on your actions when something like Me Too comes about or when you're a parent. Like, yeah, it, it makes you think of all the things that you're kind of, you know, you remember doing. But none of us and none of us are innocent. Everyone did something shitty to somebody that they didn't. You know, upon reflection, they go, "Yeah, I wouldn't do that if I if I could live that moment again." Yeah, like I don't think, yeah, like you said, all of us could be old boy, and that's the terrifying. That's thing. the terrifying thing. It's a minor, minor thing that yeah. every one of us has done, and that somehow ends him into this particular situation, which is a horrid situation. But the initial crime, by the time you get to the end of the movie, and you kind of figure out what it is. Uh, Again, a nice, brilliant stroke. You're so caught up in the movie and the consequences and everything that when you think about it, you're like, wow, that's it? That was all he did? Uh, then you're like, oh, man. Because you're expecting it to be worse given all of the stuff course, he did. Of course, you're expecting it to be way worse. And then, you know, like him probably, he just so psychologically it, tortured into doing way worse. Which is interesting so. because like they, so they, they make the choice that to let him be like a complete piece of shit who the audience can be like, yeah, he does, I'm sure he did something... It, that he deserved to do this. And then by the time he realized what it was, it's like, oh, it's so small. It shouldn't have been for that. Yeah. But is that better than him having been like a pretty decent human being? And we don't, and we, and that makes it even more of a curiosity of what he could have possibly done. Well, it's interesting, I guess. Right. So I'm trying to remember like all these movies, like Memento, when they were they great people to begin with. I don't remember. Cause it's not like he's trying to teach him a lesson about, no, he's not trying to teach him us. And we have to get our antagonist's name, right? He doesn't, does he even really say it? He does. It's like a woo something. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to guess. It's going to come out racist. If I, if I just try to come up, yeah. I can, I can look it up. You're looking it up yeah, I'll to look the it internet up because there's a W in it. I remember that. Yeah. We're so fascinated by. Yeah. And that's what I love too. The first time I saw that we saw the movie is that you're expecting, uh, this big mystery, thing to play out and so you're expecting that you're not going to meet the antagonist until the end but he like just walks up to him pretty early on and has no problem being revealed for who he is and he's kind of got like old boy on a leash from the get-go like the whole movie you find at the end that the dog metaphor is very apt because he's controlling him and leading him one way or another the whole movie and old boy doesn't you know realize it the only time uh, Desu kind of gets the upper hand in any fashion is when he pulls the chip out of his shoe. That's right. That's the only time. Well, because the test is right. As you say, he gives him a lot of outs, but he never, he never kind of, is it Liu Jin? That sounds right. Yeah. Um, 
illusion. Yeah. And then and then he kills his best friend as a result of uh, as a result of that. Of that, right? He gets mad because he hears about. Yes. Again, he gives him kind of a bunch of outs, right? Yeah. To get out, and he doesn't because, like him, it's the vengeance, right? It's the same as Li Wu Jin, right? Like he's kind of made him into, right, a reflection of each other. Of each other, even though one crime far outweighed the other. Well, one person was, you know, one's premeditated and one's just casual, and you could argue both are just. Is one worse than the other? It did dry, it drove him insane. Well, Lee Wuchin said they both come down at the same time. That's yeah. the point. You're the grain of sand. I'm the... Yeah. Right? You both come down at the same time. So the experiment showed that, like, even the minor deed ends up being equal to the biggest... Right? Terrible deed. Terrible deed you could possibly think of. Which, Vedvis was incest. Yeah. Right? So, Yeah. But it's great, and you can see why. As much as so, you, so let's go back to the conversation we were having before we watched about like, you know, this wins Grand Prix, yeah, and not not and not the the first prize, you know, nine eleven does, and it's like, and I think anyway, just like the conversation we've been having, like, like old boy really forces you to have like. A really long think about it after. I remember. I remember this movie just sticking with me for days and days and days, and and kind yeah, of I thinking about that. all this kind of stuff. Where it's like the nine eleven stuff. You know, Michael Moore is is kind of you know his style is to preach to the choir, uh, and I don't know if it's as, it was as thought provoking as it was just like quietly infuriating, and not really quietly because it's not, you know, and yeah, because what are you two thousand and five? Yeah, so. But we're also dealing now with like fifteen years later, and uh, and a president of the other country who is far worse than anything that was going on back then. So it feels tame by comparison. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I mean, I, I really enjoyed. I do remember it being infuriated, as you say, by with watching Michael Moore's talk. I mean, he always does a great job of kind of really shedding light uh, on that. So yeah, it's a. Uh, Yeah, that's a... They're both great movies. So it's hard to say... They're both really good. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this one is definitely the stronger... The one you have to dig for to find meaning. And again, going back to what comes through, which is unfortunate, is not the story of our deeds. It's the violence and sort of the extreme violence, the eating of the octopus, the Tarantino seal of approval. Yeah. What's kind of lost on the wayside is that idea of reflecting on the things that we do to others. But I think that's all part of it. And, that, and it's just like people don't necessarily articulate that. But I think that's something that like this movie definitely has a lot more going on than your typical like let's just beat them up and do grotesque violence on people. But that's the, that's the, the spoonful of sugar that gets you into it. Yes, that's the... That's the, the, yeah, that's the attraction. Right? Like, I think if, like, Tarantino comes out of con saying, hey, do you want to watch a movie about yeah. Oedipus Complex? And everyone's like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> you want to watch a movie about a guy who sleeps with his daughter? Eh, no. Yeah. What about a guy that smashes, like, 12 guys with a hammer in a hallway and all one continues to show? He's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's is probably that, a lot of disappointed people watching this yeah, movie, Is right? that before or after he fucks his daughter? It's like, it's before. <laughs> yeah, it's before. So you can just turn it off after that scene. 
and nothing's ruined. <laughs> nothing's ruined for you. You won't be thinking for a long time afterwards. Yeah, I think, you know, having read about that, the critique of the movie not coming through is very differently. I think it's just kind of like, it's interesting to me. It's like art, right? Uh, the iconography of, of paintings where an audience, you know, who couldn't read or, you know, would know all the symbols and signs in those paintings when they looked at them and know what the meanings were. So it's interesting to kind of, yeah, it's an interesting kind of idea that, you know, perhaps we need to, you know, keep reading. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that in Korea the edifice complex would be sort of front and center even over the violence because that means there's a familiarity with the classics and... Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, if that critique didn't come through as predominantly as the violence did, then like iconography and paintings, it's kind of means that, you know, yeah. we did, need to know more. Did you read it in high school? Uh, no, I did some of the, I did, no, I did. So I, I knew of it. Yeah. I did some, we had different mythology than that one. So I have to go back and, you know, I know the basic broad strokes of it, but I feel that like this movie probably touches on a lot more of the nuances of the story. Yeah. So that to me is... You know, I, I too admit I know the broad strokes, but I don't know the details. So it will certainly make me go back, as all great movies do, right? Make you go back and start relearning stuff. Yeah, so, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's on Wikipedia. Uh, I, yeah, uh, yeah. Get yeah, we read it, I can't remember what grade we read it in, but I remember reading Oedipus Rex in uh, in high school. Yeah, and it's a it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's I mean, a movie set real real breeze. You can just get it through it like in an yeah. afternoon. Real but he did it with nice violence, as you said, right? It's it's amazing, right? Like how you made an actiony film over a very complex subject, and like you said, managed to sneak in a whole bunch, a whole a lot of thoughtful, sort of progressive ideas about what you do to others. That's kind of the trick. It's like that's I think that the best movies do that. It's like there's some really great movies with dick and fart jokes that. You know, you walk out going, oh, man, there was, there's a lot more going on to that. I was just expecting the dick and the fart jokes. Yeah, that's interesting to me. And that's like, and those are the filmmakers that I really respond to, the ones that, like, lure you in with a, not a false slate of goods, but just, like, the more commercial aspects and the more, but then make you walk, make you walk away thinking about something completely else, completely yeah. different than what you were expecting going in. And that's a sign for me of a really great movie that stands the test of time, that I'm going to probably want to buy or revisit at some point. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because at, at, at cons, the one that won was the one that was a much easier to grasp in a way and presented sort of you walked out with an immediate emotional reaction of like, what is going on? This yeah. is a tragedy. And a very timely movie. And at the time, right? If we put it in, in that context, whereas old boy, you'd be, you'd first walk out and go like, what did I just watch? And between the octopus, the fight scene and the incest, you've got to fight through all that before you kind of start digging into the, the sort of the morality of the story. Right. So but then, it's, but then it's also something that is ultimately timeless. Yeah. In a way. You know, it's telling a story uh, that's been told before since, you know, the beginning of drama, really. Uh, it goes back to the Greeks. And, uh, but I don't know if there's other, I'm trying to think of any other, not that this is necessarily mainstream, although it became mainstream. Um, any other mainstream, like, this is probably the most popular incest movie. <laughs> I'm trying to think. If you, There's not a ton. It's not a, a genre that is uh, well. Uh, nor is well, it being sold as such, right? I don't think. Again, I I know you're thinking people are 
trying to block me from from knowing what's in the movie. But I, I think it not necessarily. That's interesting. Coming I think, through when I think of this movie, I always think of the ending being being the thing that I don't want. Thing. Yeah, but I can understand why uh, why it's not either. I don't but know. or even let's back it up. Sure, there's the incest, but then the, the the tale behind it, whether that is coming through, right? Why that exists, and as you say, the Greek tragedy behind the movie, whether people just thought that's just messed up and then left the theater accordingly. That's to me what where it gets interesting, but. Uh, but by the time it's revealed, like, do you think people are walking out? No, no, but you leave the theater not knowing, oh, it's edifice, like, it's a telling of our deeds, and we should really reflect on that. Or do you just leave the theater going, like, that was messed up. The hammer, the incest. I think it depends octopus. on who you are. Depends on who you are, and if right? you And if you know that reference. Yeah, exactly, which is interesting. Which I think is really only probably, like, a certain demographic of people know that reference. Where other people are like, man, that's fucked up. He's with his daughter. Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, like the Spike Lee version does. You know, they, they basically do the exact same story. Uh, and and I, I think when I watched it, I was expecting the twist to be something different, uh-huh. just to keep it fresh. Yeah. Did they lean in? Did they just retold? No, it they with just Americans? retold. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 pre- even the the set design of that final like the layer. Yeah. That the villain has. <laughs> the, the, the penthouse lair. With the shower in the office and the that's, one room. That yeah. shower and that wardrobe are amazing. <laughs> uh, and um, so they don't really... I, I, I remember it being, it being very uh, very similar and feeling like, oh, he didn't really go anywhere different with it. He just really wants to retell. It's so interesting, too, because it's not like... You, you wouldn't think of like Spike Lee as being the obvious choice to remake a movie like this. Because he's not necessarily a violent filmmaker. He's provocative, but not yeah. in this way. That's interesting. Maybe he just, yeah. I don't know the history if he just wanted to remake this yeah. movie. Because so, I, I try to think of, I'm just trying to think if I was ever given like a big iconic thing to remake, I'd want to have something new to say about it. I think. Otherwise, what's the, just watch the original. It's right there. And it's not even that old. It's not that old. I don't know why you want to remake anything if it's that good, right? Like, it just seems like, as you say, either... Unless you have something new to say about it. Unless or, you have something new to say about or it. Or add to it. It's like, well, I don't understand. I, I think you can argue the point that it's like, well, no one wants... You know, there's a certain percentage of people that are just not going to watch a movie with subtitles because they're just not. And so it's the only way you'll expose a certain demographic of the audience to this movie is to make an, uh, an English language version of it. Yeah. So I can, but then it's like, do you need Spike Lee to do that? And why Spike Lee? Does he feel like he's anyway? It's just that's a bigger conversation. It's interesting, yeah. I mean, he probably. I wonder if he's a super fan of the movie, and then yeah, like I, I think the opportunity I'm, to make it, like the Gus Van Sant hit, you know, Psycho remake that was shot for shot, and that was almost more like a weird just mental masturbation experiment. You know, that one I kind of get is is it's just like a, a an exercise in art. And can you just recreate? And what? And does it have the same effect now? A movie that is like made with modern actors, but done in the exact same style as the original. Like that's an interesting art experiment, because uh, it's not really saying anything new either. But you're that's more like a, a something to, that you're trying to figure with an audience. If an audience grasps it in the way they are, but at the same time, it's almost a failed experiment because the majority of the people who are going to watch it 
have seen the original are fans of the original. And so it's, it's, I don't know how you would even gauge how successful it is. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I liked, I really enjoyed the movie for, you know, it brought me back to my art history days that I love the idea that even, you know, like painting that someone set up to tell you a story and put a whole bunch of clues and, and symbols in that, in a movie form so that you would walk away with an understanding of sort of a moral tale. And so I, and now of course I have to, unlike you, I have to go back and now read the full tragedy, which I love. I love when movies drive you to kind of keep learning and realize like, wow, but not only did this movie dress it didn't it dressed it in an action movie which i think is it's great well we were talking it's brilliant we were talking too just before we we uh started rolling about how you know we're watching you know the movies we're watching on netflix now or that are just coming out now it's like sometimes we can't even get through a half an hour of it and and definitely you know i had lunch with a friend today and he's like what have you watched lately that's good and he just watched me kind of like think for a minute. He's like, yeah. He's like, isn't it crazy? He's like, and he knows that I watch, you know, a movie a day, if not two sometimes. And he's like, you probably can't even remember the last five movies you watched, even though you watched them in the last week, because most of them are unforgettable. Yeah. Or not unforgettable, the opposite, are, are kind of like forgettable. And I think we're in that time where there's so, there's so much of the stuff we're watching is just kind of like, oh yeah, that was fine. It was good. But it's not making us walk around and think about it for for days no or necessarily like there not to say that doesn't happen but it's it's much rarer it's much rarer than yeah you, when this movie was you know around the time of like the early 2000s when this movie came out like that's when i was in film school and i remember like we'd go out and you know we'd see a movie and then we'd go out and have like pie coffee and pie after and or get a burger like at 11 o'clock at night because we were in college and just fucking talk about the movies, you know. I remember watching Mulholland Drive in the theater, and then the next morning, getting index cards and just like trying to figure it the fuck out, you know. And then going to see it again that afternoon to see how close I got, and then being all the more confused and wanting to like, you know, just that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it's also a younger time in your life where you're younger and you're more, but. uh but yeah, the fact that you're inspired to go and like read up on stuff after after watching this is, I think, like the power of a movie like this. Yeah, it's the power, and you know, the power of like, yeah, thinking about it, and the power of like, obviously, continuing to read and, and learn more. Um, as you know, he's a, you know, he's a very great director, Park Chan Wook. I mean, he's the top director in Korea, I think, or one of them, right, Park? Yeah. Um, you know, and so. I need to dive into more of his other stuff because I'm not super familiar with him. He's one of the, yeah, top directors in Korea. Um, I've seen his shorts. I, I stopped again. I want to, I stopped kind of watching once I knew I was coming to watch Old Boy, but I'll now dive back into his, his visual style is very distinct. Distinct. You know, a lot of the overheads and the revealing of information and the, you know, as you go over someone's shoulder and yeah, there's definitely a distinct yeah. visual style. Uh, that he's kind of created for himself. Yeah, which well, is that hammer scene, that big giant fight scene. It's like it shot like a side scroller of a video game. Yeah, and then all of a sudden at the very end, it cuts that other angle, and then you get to see like the other wall now filled in, and you get to see that like that row of bodies just strewn about on the, on the ground behind him, and it almost has more of an impact because you're like, oh, now it feels real. Yeah, like for a second I was in a video game, 
and now I'm seeing like this line of people and it feels more real and it's such a, and that it's almost all the more shocking. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah. And they're worn out and he's panting and yeah, it's, you know, the, that quest for revenge and he just keeps going, right? Like it's so deep within all of us that, you know, he'll, he'll go to the ends of the earth to kind of yeah. try to try to put out that flame and, and, and in the end finds that, you know, it just destroys him. So yeah, it's uh So what point then did you know about the, the Oedipus stuff? Really? Was it when the movie reveals it or did that trigger earlier for you? No, once they start, um, once you start seeing like the story of the high school and then it, it went from, my suspicion, uh, my first thought was, oh, he's gotten his sister yeah, pregnant, right? And um, that's why he's mad at her and she killed himself or killed herself because of that, right? Yeah. And then uh, when he doesn't remember her, then I was like, okay, so it's about what he saw. And then it's kind of like the Agatha Christie <laughs> style where he starts sort of putting the pieces together that, oh, that's, that's the brother. You know, yeah, 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 right. Like that's the the brother. But in terms of when did you figure out the father daughter thing? Oh, the father daughter thing. Um, basically, as soon as I figured that one out, then I'm like, oh, he's who's he sleeping he with? He slept with. He's made him do the same yeah. the deed, right? The, the the same deed. Of course, Game of Thrones is now taking that to a whole new well, level that's as well, right? like, like, Someone watched Old Boy and was like, I got a great idea. Once it's on mainstream television. <laughs> Right? Like, so that's, you know, someone's, but, uh, that's when I started to, to clue in, in ter- terms of the, the whole idea and, uh, and it, it becoming what it, it, what it was. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, you know, I wasn't a cue card person, so you're, you're definitely got, got, got that up on me as a writer, director. I, not a ton. I, I, I didn't, I didn't come into that. I, yeah. I just come into for through emotions. You know, I, I just have memories of certain movies. Yeah. It's very rare to do that. But I think with, with Mulholland Drive, I definitely sat down and, uh, and for those who are interested in my interpretations of Mulholland Drive, we on the episode that we did do for the podcast of that, I think I actually recalled enough of them Good to, to kind of launch into it during the, the podcast well, I and, didn't, and kind of explain how, what, what I think the movie means. Well, what was interesting to me compared to a movie like that, which I do remember, I have to rewatch. I remember, but I don't understand this movie at all. Was that Greek knowledge aside? If you didn't know it, there's still a story in this. Yeah, where I think where the whole drive is almost designed to just be unexplainable. Yeah, it's just like whatever artistic. Yeah, and you, it, you know, like you don't need to know the story to enjoy the movie. It gives you an extra layer that I'm now going to go digging. But what was great about this movie, as I find great about great all great movies, is that like you don't need to know anything; you just need to know to watch the movie. You yeah. take away something awesome out of it, right? Whether in this case being a moral tale, and another case being romance or a good laugh, yeah, yeah. But and then but there's other stuff there for you to di- dive into if you want yeah, to. If you, you want to go a layer deeper, you you can. You can, but it's approachable. Yeah, it doesn't require you to do so. It doesn't require. So I find like that's a great like when people say, you know, these I'm not really an art house filmmaker. So to me, that's when I love these little discoveries where it did well on an art house level, but it was accessible. Yeah, I think that's a trick. And it's like, um, 
and, and I think and I think the, the closest I've done to something like that in my own work is like I always saw my movie Had a Plan and Orgy in a Small Town as being like a remake of The Allegory of the Caves uh, do you know that story? The Aristotle the Aristotle one, but yeah, the, the cave. Theory that, yeah, the idea that is like if you look behind, there's more stuff going on. But the moment you talk about it, they're gonna beat you to death because we don't talk about all this other stuff going on. Um, but with dick and fart jokes. There you go. I don't. Yeah, but I, but I don't layer on as thick as this. Like, there's I, no. Yes, I I don't. I have not achieved this. No, in no, no, my no. filmmaking. Oh, I didn't say career. I achieved it. I'm just saying. That was like my brilliant stroke for myself going, oh, this is what I'm doing for me to justify making a movie about an orgy. Uh, I, I can't tell you a single person or a viewer ever pulled that out of it. <laughs> that pulled it up. Yeah, see, I would, I would write complexities that no one except for me would understand, right? Yeah. So but that's, that's okay. That's enough for me. Yeah, and, and I've tried, yeah, I'm still learning to undo that and basically make it simple enough that everyone gets where it's going, but complex enough to know there's something behind it. Yeah. And that's a trick that I have yet to achieve, but it's an ongoing battle. But, uh, yes, I hope, you know, man, he'd won, you know, as Frank Sinatra said, you only need one hit to know it's all good. Right. Like, so, yeah. um, he's had a couple, uh, he's doing know. fine. Yeah. Park Chan Rock's got like this and then Lady Vengeance, which I now I'm going to go watch now that I've seen this one. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. dive into the the rest of the. Trilogy. I don't know where he, he he did a couple. What did he, has he done an English film? I think was Lucy his. You said before that it was. I know the actor is in Lucy, and I feel like I'm. He's done a. I don't know if he. To the internet. To the internet. Some nerd is screaming at us right now, going, "You dumb shits!" He did this. Yeah. Well, I'm looking it up. Any other any other final thoughts on the? Uh... No, I'm totally glad I watched it. it was. Uh... Now, is it the kind of thing that is that you feel like you need to like dive in and rewatch, or it's just the kind of movie that's gonna gonna wave over you? Yeah, I don't know if I'd rewatch it. It is one of those movies too, where it's like you get quite a bit out of it. You get quite a bit out of it. Again, it's accessible, right? Like you kind of that's kind of what works for it. It's like it's its notes are accessible, right? Like it said what it had to say, you got it. And then now I can dig behind, behind it in terms of where it came from, because I'm totally interested in, in that. But uh, I don't see any, um, any English movies. He's got a movie. Uh, it looks like a sequel to lady vengeance called sympathy for lady vengeance and sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. I don't know if it's the same movie and people got confused. What's fascinating though, is that he continues to make shorts like in between his features. Yeah, it makes him with his brother, I believe. His brother's an artist, and then they team up and do shorts. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. that they they yeah. still, uh, he still messes around with that format. Yeah, I think he wanted to team up with his brother, if I remember correctly. He wanted to be like the Coen brothers, the two of them, and his brother didn't want to do films, just wanted to do... Just have fun. This is disturbing. So I'm just in the IMDb app. And under the did you know, the only trivia that pops up is he has a daughter. Oh, yes, a daughter. In wake of this movie, that's like, that's... I don't want to think about that. Why why does that come up? Anyway. Well, we we know why he did it. We know why, right? We know why it comes up. Filled out on that trivia, just in case you hadn't seen the movie. And then once you've seen it, you'd be like, oh, man. The little Easter egg for you to discover. The little Easter egg for you to discover. Like, oh, he has a daughter. Then you watch Old Boy. You're like, no, he doesn't. So, (laughs) 
yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad it got off my shelf finally, and uh, I was given the time to kind of watch it. I still don't think my wife will watch this. No, <laughs> so. my wife doesn't. <laughs> we, we can do a double bill with that and Irreversible. That's right, exactly. Harry Met Sally, no problem. This, mm, don't think so. Not too much. Uh, well, thanks for coming over to watch it. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a pleasure. I'm glad I finally got to... I'll come back again now. I have other movies that need to be dusted off my shelf. Yeah, Sound of Music, right? We're doing a... Oh, yeah, that's just low. Yeah, Harry Met Sally and Sound of Music, just to get over this one. Perfect. Let's all go to the... Thanks for joining us for Old Boy. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at LonJeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.